Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. so excited to be here right now. Uh, my name is Nate. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, my wife, Victoria, she was playing the keys. Man, we're beyond blessed to be youth pastors here at Vibrant. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. Can you give yourselves a hand really quick for being here on a Sunday in the new year? Also, if it's your first time here, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us on a Sunday. Do you mind if we make our first guests feel right at home and give them a big hand too? And as always, we'd like to look directly into the camera and welcome in our online family. No matter who you're watching with or where you're watching from, we're so glad that you made Vibrant a part of your Sunday. Can we welcome our online family real quick? Well, man, I am beyond honored to be standing here today. I love you, Pastor Michael. Um, If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, like I said, my name is Nate. uh, And if you don't know this about me, uh, I have... I'm very notorious for having like this movie playing in my head at all times. And I make silly jokes sometimes because like there's a scene in this movie that happens and I get really embarrassed because no one else sees that movie but me. (laughs) And then I have to explain it all awkwardly. Um, But I just wanted to start it off with something a little fun. Is that okay? All right. So if you have a Bible today um, or if your Bible's on your phone, please do me a favor and turn to John 16 verse 7. John 16, verse 7, and I want to share you the little movie that plays in my head uh, whenever I read this passage of scripture. Uh, so a little bit of a recap, okay? Uh, Jesus, you know, son of God and all, born of a Virgin Mary, lives on earth, 30 years old, gets baptized, goes through all this stuff, lives three years, and is destined to be on the cross. Dies a gruesome death for our sin. And things are silent for three days. Three days later, Epic rises from the dead, says, hey, let me get them keys, devil. You don't need them anymore. The keys to sin and grave. And he said, give me those. And he gets back up. He visits his disciples. And this is supposed to be like the most epic, most victorious moment, you know? And I feel like in the movies, victory has like a certain look. You know what I mean? Has anybody seen the movie Rocky? That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Uh, in Rocky, there's a, I have a picture. Th- this is what victory looks like. That's so epic, dude. I can't wait to look that good. <laughs> that's what, that 2023, hey, man. That's what victory is supposed to look like, right? Here's, here's another one. Maybe you remember this scene from this movie. There, there's like hundreds of people you know, screaming your name, you got a medal on. But in this part of scripture, victory looks really weird because Jesus hanging out with his closest friends after doing the most incredible work says this, I have to go. I have to leave. 
And this is where we pick up in John 16, verse 7. Jesus is talking and he says, I have to go. But in fact, it's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Can you say that? Advocate? The advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. Today, I want to start with that scripture as we kind of dive into two little topics. But uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and pray together, okay? Father, we love you. And God, I thank you for your undeniable presence in this house right now. Father, I ask that you help me articulate and enunciate every word that you gave me. Father, I ask that you prepare the hearts of all that are listening to be challenged this year with your word. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Raise your hand if you know that God created everything on purpose. Everything has a purpose. Uh, I want to tell you a funny story. One time I was in like four houses ago, uh, <laughs> four houses ago, I was in my living room. Uh, it's actually the kitchen technically, but anyway, uh, I was about to eat a cupcake and I ate it. I was probably like 14 or 15. I ate it and I just got like the biggest pain on my lip. Turns out somehow, some way there was a bee inside the frosting and it stung my lip. And uh, I was pretty upset, but turns out those bees actually are not useless and horrible and nuisances. They're actually pretty useful. I, I don't know if you knew this. I have a picture of some. Uh, if you can't tell, youth pastors really like pictures. Uh, <laughs> I got pictures here. Did you know that honey production across the globe, if you counted all the dollars that went or, or that were gained by selling honey and doing things related to honey, it'd be valued at over $300 million dollars. As a matter of fact, if you tie up all the things related to honey in the world, you're looking at about 235 to 577 billion dollars across the global food production um, scope of things. Here's another one. Uh, I got a picture of a bat right here. The least scary picture. There is so scary looking. Did you know that a colony of these could eat about 220 tons of insects in one night? The reason why farmers sleep good at night is because of these guys right here. But you know what animal kind of like bewilders me a little bit? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's this one, a platypus. I really don't know what value they bring to the environment. <laughs> but God was like, watch this, dude. I'm going to show you some stuff I can do, you know. Did you know that they actually don't have any, uh, like, teats to feed their young? They actually sweat their milk. Yeah, that's exactly what I said when I read that on BuzzFeed. I don't know if it's true or not, but <laughs> I'm sure it is. They have venom. Uh, they go to the bathroom. Uh, and uh, That's probably gross. Anyway, uh, all from the same place. It was really, it was really interesting. Oh, and they're also one of two remaining mammals on the face of the planet that are mammals and lay eggs. The more you know. <laughs> Jesus had a purpose, and a big one at that. And here is where I find our first problem. I feel like a lot of us grow up in church. We, we've been in church for multiple years, and we get stuck in believing that Jesus' purpose was only 
to die on the cross for the remission of our sin. I feel like we stop there too often and we miss out on John 16, 7. Because the truth is, is that Jesus did die for all of us, but he did it so that the Holy Spirit could live inside too. And beyond that, that we as humanity would be realigned with the Father through the Spirit. Today, I wanna talk to you about that. Because how many of you know that without the Holy Spirit, a lot of things are really hard? You know, you can't love like Jesus wants us to love without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is very hard. You can look at couple goals, hashtag on Instagram, all you want. You will not be able to love like Jesus wants you to love without the power of his Holy Spirit. You can't have peace the way God wants us to have peace without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can try anything drugs, sex, rock and roll, whatever you want, it will not give you the same peace that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. You wanna know what's gonna make the biggest difference in your 2023? It's not aligning your goals in any special way. Uh, it's not getting like a life coach or a guru or a psychologist. I'm telling you right now, I can sum up the best 2023 in one phrase, Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way, have your way in me, have your way in my marriage, Lord, have your way in my business, have your way in my family, Father, have your way. I never want us to forget that. I never want us to forget that because like Pastor Michael said earlier, we are called to be a life-giving but spirit-filled and spirit-led church. And if I had to leave you with one idea, it's to be that all God called us to be this year. We need to live in the power of the Holy Spirit and learn to pray effectively. Thank you. Hosea 4, 6 says this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You might not be experienced this power that we're talking about right here, because there might be a lack of knowledge in your life. And I'm not trying to like call anyone dumb or anything. That's not where it's coming from. I just know that the enemy would love that we all stay in ignorance about the power of the Holy Spirit and what's possible. You know, I, I know that some of us have kind of like grown up in traditions where um, the Holy Spirit might've been mistaught, um, abused uh, and, and praying. Like no one ever like gave us the practical tools about prayer, but uh, I want to change that today. So. Um, I'm so happy that my mom's here and it's so funny. She's sitting right here in the front and there's like a light directly on her. <laughs> um, I want to honor my mom because uh, it, it bewilders me that uh, time spent in prayer um, across the Big C Church pales in comparison to the time we spend in worship and in sermons and all these things. Um, we grew up in a church and um, the pastor, I mean, it, it probably like at the time, like 500 people were coming to church and it was awesome. But the pastor, um, he would pray on Saturday and, and he would come up on stage and he'd say, guys, like, you know, this is what I do on a Saturday. I want everybody to come. I want everybody to come. And on a Saturday, uh, there would be five people. <laughs> uh, the pastor, uh, his assistant, like his uh, right-hand man, 
uh, my mom, and then me and my brother. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly. And that makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. Because there are Christians in this world who believe in Jesus and, are, and have the Holy Spirit inside of them that need to be thriving and are not. They're enslaved to old sin when they've been made whole. And it's because we've fallen in this trap of being content with milk. We've fallen into the trap of being content with the baseline or the basics when in reality we need meat. We need things that challenge us. I'm no expert because I don't have any kids. Uh, I accidentally said one time, uh, my wife and kids, and I was like, wait, what? I don't have any kids. <laughs> Tori got really upset. Um, <laughs> got something to tell me? But I, I, can, I can bet you one thing, that at a certain point in a child's life, milk just won't cut it. Milk won't cut it. I want to align some perspectives today, and with the time that I have left, work through this. The Holy Spirit is inside everybody who believes. And the capacity to pray like you've never prayed before is in you. In 2 Peter 1.3, the Bible says that by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And there's so many ways that I can kind of like break this down, but I, I've chosen two for today. I feel like it's something we often overlook, but was on the forefront of Jesus's mind. Let's look back real quick at John 16, 7. It says, but in fact, it's best for you that I go. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. I'm so excited about this. Oh my gosh. That word advocate is so important. And I, and I wrote it up. Um, I'm like, a, yeah, there you go. Uh, nerd moment, okay. Um, that is not English. That's Greek. And that says parakletus. Parakletus. And if I had to like sum it up in like a really easy definition, it's one called to stand beside someone and it's aligned with this like lawyer kind of concept. I think we have an incomplete view of the kingdom of God and therefore we have an incomplete view of the Christian life. We need to understand this concept of the kingdom first. So Jesus grew up in a monarchy, was confronted by an oligarchy, and died at the hands of a dictatorship, but he would not stop talking about the kingdom. I don't know if you guys realize, but Jesus, every word that came out of his mouth in his ministry was a complete subversion of all the politics of his day. He would start most parables like this, and, and he would answer questions from the religious elite with so much sass, like it was actually really cool. He's like, have you even read your Bible? For the kingdom of God is like, raise your hand if you've heard that once or twice before in the Bible. You see, you got, what you got to understand is the, the kingdom is a form of government. In Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, uh, shout out Christmas. We read this all the time, but I want you to see this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the religion will be on his shoulders. Oh, no, no, no. The government. I did that on purpose. I, I, the government, not the religion, not the faith. The government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, 
Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward and even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Right after Jesus was tempted, uh, he, he made his first address, his first sermon, and it says this. From then on, in Matthew uh, 4.17, 4, it says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Why does this matter? Because we're still under the impression that Jesus was ushering in a new religion. No. As a matter of fact, the people who were against him the most were the leaders of religion. He wasn't bringing in a religion. He was bringing a new form of government. He was ushering in the kingdom. I need you to understand this because whenever we have a fresh perspective, new revelation can occur. And when you see things with this concept, the way that Jesus spoke it every day of his ministry, things will change. And I, and I love these two things because we're, we're going to talk about a little bit about prayer and the Holy Spirit. Prayer is one of the most important disciplines of a kingdom citizen. If you believe in Jesus, you are a citizen of the kingdom. And, and prayer is one of the most important disciplines. And we see that in Jesus' life. Seriously, the Bible even says that he often went alone to pray. Like the disciples would wake up and be like, hey, man, y'all see Jesus around? Uh, you know where he's at, man. He's, he's on the mountain, you know, praying and doing his thing. Did you know that out of all the things that they saw Jesus do, heal the leper, call, literally say to a dead girl in a tomb, hey, get up. And she did. The only thing they asked him to learn Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Can I be honest? I'm, I'm guilty of this too. That most of us pray better, more eloquently, with gusto and fervor and passion over our food than over our situations. <laughs> more over our food than over our families. More over our food than our spouses. More over our food than, than life itself. But I want to challenge you today with this idea, within the concept of this kingdom and this government and these things, is that prayer is supposed to produce a result. It's not just good vibes. It's not law of attraction. Prayer is supposed to produce a result. Little comedic relief. Anybody watch Judge Judy? I got a picture of uh, Judge Judy up here. <laughs> scary big time you know what's so funny uh preparing for this message i had this idea and i'm sparing you the seven minutes of compilation video that i watched but i laughed every second of these seven minutes because it was just of judge judy telling people to leave her courtroom <laughs> that was all it was it was her for like seven minutes listening to some guy like but 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 but, but. and she's like get out out she's like british get out Listen, if, if you're dressed like a bum in court, you're getting kicked out, right? If you address the judge as anything other than your honor, you're getting kicked out. If you say something out of line, you're getting kicked out. 
If you have a weak argument for your case, literally some guy was like, uh, your honor, you know, this is what I have. He's like, dude, are you serious? Dude, get out of here, man. I'm not, I don't have time for this. If you have a weak argument, you'll get kicked out. And if you disrespect the court in any way, you're getting kicked out. I guarantee you only a handful of us actually know how to properly like go through a legal proceeding. Uh, is there any lawyers in the room? Perfect. Hey, Quinn, I love you. No, 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 it's okay. You're, you're the qualified one in this scenario. You're qualified. <laughs> because here's the truth. Here's the truth. <laughs> you need a lawyer. You know what I mean? Because how many of us know what section six of the Texas Bill of Rights guarantees for you in the court of law? Gwen, do you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Whataburger? No, sir. Uh, how about this? How about this? Um, there's like a couple. Co- oh, no, I deleted them. Good. Okay, never mind. Uh, there's some court cases that are like entry level, like year one lawyer stuff that I bet Gwen would know. Uh, I'm glad that I deleted them though. Um, that none of you guys know about, right? But in order to fight against some sort of case that involves a contract, you have to know what uh, sets the precedent for your argument. See, without one, you'd get thrown out of George Judy's court in seven seconds because you wouldn't know how to say it. You wouldn't know how to present it. You'd, you wouldn't even know exactly how to address or, or dress or, or be in a court. There's rules and regulations because guess what? It's important. You can't just go in there and waste people's time. There's like a line of 100 behind you. You know what's so crazy to me? And this blew my mind. And I, I want you to catch what I caught. The idea of prayer, like I said, it's not just good vibes. It's not anything like that. The idea of prayer is actually aligned with this idea of petitioning a court of law. There's this word called supplication that literally is a prayer with the sole purpose of asking for something. And I want us to catch this because remember, this isn't just a religion that we're in. Everybody in this room is a kingdom citizen. If you believe in Jesus, you are a member of a government that is not any, like any government we're under. And the reason why it's so important for us to understand prayer is because that's what it is. Every time you pray, you are speaking to a king. And every time you pray, you're bringing something to the table. And believe it or not, you are asking for a result. And it might not just be, you know, any type of result. It might be just simply, God, I want you to know that I love you. And the result that I'm looking for is to bless your name. God, my finances are garbage. But God, I know that you've got me. God, I need you to give me peace. There's always a result. But I want us to ask ourselves this. How well do we know our constitution? To present a case before the court, how well do we know our rights? Is your request in alignment with the interests of our king? How about this? Are you qualified to be in that courtroom to present your case? That challenged me. That challenged me. But I want us to take, to make a mental image right now of being in the courtroom of heaven. 
And the truth is, is that before we're saved, we're showing up to court looking like an absolute bum, tattered clothes, grease on our face. And we get into the courtroom and we're greeted by the Holy Spirit. And he says, dude, what are you wearing, bro? What are you wearing? And you're like, man, this is just me and this is what I have, but I need the Lord. And I want him to change me. And Jesus walks into the room. He says, oh, perfect. I'm so happy you're here. Here, put this on. Put this on. And he gives you this bright red suit. Bright red. You know why? Because the Bible says that our righteousness is like filthy rags. But thank God for Jesus' scarlet blood that purifies us and washes us white as snow. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that we, because of Jesus, we are the righteousness of God. Your righteousness does not qualify you to be in that court. Let me tell you something. But thank God that Jesus made a way. He made a way and gave you new clothes. So you can walk up to at any time and present your case. Did you know that Jesus has a way he likes to be addressed? He has so many names in the Bible, but he loves it when you call him father. He loves it when you call him father. You know why? Because it implies that you are his child, which is true. And did you know that any king, his son or daughter is a prince and a princess. And out of all the people in a land, all the people in the kingdom, the people that have the king's ear the most are his children. When you call on the Lord, he wants to listen to you. I want you to keep that in your mind for the rest of your life, that he wants to be called father because you are his child. I hope you've been reading your Bible because in that courtroom, you're gonna need to know your rights. You're gonna need to know what's in here. And now that you got this suit on and now that you know that you are loved and it's not some cold relationship like being in Judge Judy's court, (laughs) you stand up at the stand and you finally, after learning how to present your case, look at God And say this to him, Father, you said in Deuteronomy chapter 32, subsection 35, that vengeance is yours. And Father, I've been wronged and I am so upset, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. This is what your prayer time should look like. Father, I give it to you because you said that vengeance is the Lord. In James 4, 8, God, you said that if we draw close to you, you will draw close to me. And so, Father, I'm here and I need you. Father, your word says in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, that I don't have to worry about a thing. That if I seek first the kingdom of heaven and your righteousness, that you will add all these things unto me. So, Father, I'm not worrying about a single thing. You clothe the lilies, you take care of the birds, and I know you'll take care of me. So I will not worry about a single thing. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says to not be anxious about a single thing because you will give me peace that transcends all understanding. Father, I need that now. I need that now. Father, you were pierced for my transgressions. You were crucified for my iniquity. 
the punishment that was brought us peace was on him. Father, my body is broken. I need your healing now, God. Heal me. This is how we should pray. We need to know what's in here so we can petition properly. So we can approach the throne room with boldness, like the Bible says. Because we know what we're asking for and we know how to ask it. Because this is God's interest. This is his express written vision. And when we're in alignment with this, he says, dude, absolutely. Absolutely. You need peace. You're worried. You're weary. You're burdened. Take on my yoke. You have cares. I care. Give them to me. Do you see what I'm saying? But the best part, and the reason why I'm so excited, (laughs) is because when you don't know what to say, you don't know how to say, you don't know how to present it to God, you have an advocate. You have someone who is there interceding on your behalf that says, hey, 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 let me take it from here. I know how to approach the court in this matter. And he speaks directly to God on your behalf. I'm so excited that for the past month, I feel like we have mentioned in some sort of way the the gift of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues. I am so excited about it. Because like I said, I know that there have been... uh, past and 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 people who probably abuse this in your life and you've probably looked at it and and been like you know i don't i don't want to be that weird guy that you know is, is all about that you know but can i tell you something this gift is free for every believer and i will prove it to you mark 16 uh seven uh mark 16 17 This is Jesus talking. And he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. Does anybody believe in Jesus here? Okay, good. That's you. He's talking to you. In my name, they will cast out demons. And they will speak with new tongues. If you're a believer in this house right now, this is a free gift accessible to you at any time. Listen, and the truth is that you're saved whether you pray in tongues or not. This isn't like a barrier to entry. This is like a part of the swag bag that you get when, when you say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. You feel me? You know, it's funny too. Uh, Paul, he's like talking to these churches and, and he says, guys, I wish that all of you would, would speak in tongues. I wish all of you would. And he goes even further. He says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. And his heart was that everybody would too. Because this isn't some like woo-woo weirdness. This is, the Bible says that it edifies us. That the gift of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is purpose for edifying us. That means building us up. Because there's an advocate speaking before the court of heaven on your behalf. Um, There's pipes all throughout this building right now. And uh, there's a water tower somewhere far away that has like a million some gallons in it. And, and the way that they're set up, they're, they're tall like that. So that way the pressure of the water produces the pressure that's in all of our homes. And believe it or not, every pipe in here is full of it. And not just any type of water, like pressurized water. You know, I, I read somewhere that anywhere from 70 to like 100 pounds per square inch PSI is how much pressure is on the water. So like if you were to take something that was an inch, I'm sure you all went to school, uh, you know, an inch, but a hundred but hundred pound weight on that, that's how much pressure is on every square inch 
of every single pipe in this building. And the truth is, is that if you were to twist the knob in the, in the sink right after this, water will come out. Whether you see it or not, it will come out. No matter how much you deny that it's in there. No matter how much you believe that the gift of the water was reserved for the day of Pentecost, it's still in there. If you're a believer or not, this gift is inside of you and is accessible at any time with, with one turn of a knob to deliver power so powerful that if all that water were to fall in this building, we would all be dead because the building would crush on us. Do you know that you have that power inside of you? Do you know that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is alive and active in you? This is the power that we're talking about here, not just any sort of thing. And the best part is that it doesn't require any jackets, no, no pushing or shoving or yelling. And uh, in Acts 19, there's a, a literal scenario just like this. Uh, I'm going to read it real fast. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers, these people who Jesus was talking about. Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No. We haven't even heard there's Holy Spirit. Lord, help us, please. Paul, Paul asked, then what baptism did you experience? They replied, the baptism of John. I, I don't know. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. No fanfare required. You can, you can ask Jesus today, Father, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. God, I want to speak to you in a different way today. Father, give me the gift that is designed for me, for my benefit. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> um, because this is the difference between a, a 2022 and a, and a 2023. You know what I mean? When you just take these tools and practically apply them in your life, I guarantee you, you will experience things you never thought possible. You know, uh, my, my wife, Tori, and I, we're actually ex having our first anniversary tomorrow. We're going to be one year married tomorrow. That's wild, dude. And, um, of course, you know, like any marriage, there's always, like, this process of, like, learning how to be in a married person. You know what I mean? And um, we had somebody encourage us. He looked at us and he said, dude, Y'all don't understand how beautiful marriage is. You have not experienced what marriage is like yet. And I know you're, you know, arguing about, you know, which side the toilet paper should go like that. But that's so small compared to how incredible marriage is. This is the, that's, that's my feeling right now for you guys. That, that we would leave here today knowing how to pray effectively that we have the boldness to go before the throne and petition a king in alignment with the constitution, that we would be able to access power that doesn't even come from us because the word says that in our weakness, 
his strength is shown. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand with me, please? You know, Jesus was so excited to leave because he wanted us as believers to experience the same connection with the kingdom that he had. And, and I, I always want to leave with something practical like Pastor Michael always does. Um, you know, we're about to enter into this time of prayer and fasting on January 8th. And um, let me just tell you, I, I'm fired up about this because it's something that changed my mind and changed my life, honestly. Uh, but there's no real like exact way. You know, I think Jesus on purpose um, didn't necessarily tell us exactly like this is exactly how to do it, you know, because for every one of us, it looks different. We all have this relationship with God that's unique. Um, but if I had to like distill how to make 2023 awesome and how to pray in a way that's effective, it'd just be this simple. Um, get alone, get in your closet and start with praising God. When I was a kid, there was this preacher that the whole message, I guarantee you he had no notes. The whole message was called thank you Thank you, thank you. And for about 45 minutes, he just praised God. Like literally, I'm not even kidding you. Thank you, thank you, God. And he, and he gave like these tidbits of information in between and it was so awesome and it changed my life. Because right now in heaven, there are billions of angels all saying one thing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And can I tell you something? The best way to approach the court is to say your honor. Oh, gracious, almighty honor, right? No, I'm just kidding. But, but coming at it from a place of thanks for the air that you have in your lungs, for the working limbs that you have, for the family that you have, for the job that you have, but even deeper for, for, the, for the who God is and what he's done and what he's going to do and what he did before, the way that he's changing your life, the way that he's changing your family. I promise you that if you started praying that way, you would never have a problem praying because there is always something to thank God about. There's always something. Because if, if angels are doing it for all eternity, we can, we can do it for all eternity. The Bible says to never stop praying. And I was always confused as to how that was possible. Just read Psalms and you'll find out. Thank you, God. Thank you. The second is to petition. To petition God. To ask based on the Constitution. And man, if you don't know what to pray anymore, I pray that today would be the day that you would lawyer up. That you would tap into a power that you have no idea about. The Bible says that you are tapping into mysteries. I pray that that be you today. And last but not least, to practice patience. I feel like we are so quick. I, I'm guilty. My, my wife and I are guilty of just always being on the move, always having something to do. But can I tell you that God wants to speak to you? He wants to speak to you. He wants to give you visions and dreams. He wants to teach you how to lead your family. He wants to teach you how to be a better husband and a better wife. We just got to listen. We just got to take a moment and just sit in his presence and be quiet before the Lord. If you came here today and 
there's a part of you that says, man, you know, I love what you're saying, Nate, but I've never given my life to God. I've done a lot of things my own way. I've lived the life I wanna live. And you know what, I've come at an impasse. I've come at a road that is forked. I wanna just encourage you to follow Jesus, to give up because it's so good when you do. You know, God is for you. He's not against you. And if you are struggling with something, if you are in the middle of something, I just wanna let you know that God loves you so much. And all that he wants is a relationship with you. But the truth is, as soon as you say yes, as soon as you say yes, you're gonna need some help. Because the truth is, is that we are not perfect. We need God. And if you're in this place today and you say, man, I've been following Jesus for a long time and I've never heard that. I've never heard that there's power from places I don't know. I've never heard that there's these like ways of thinking about prayer. If that's you, I wanna encourage you today. Let today be that day that you take away ignorance, that you take away this, this trap of being caught up in just the basics. And, and, and I pray that God will give you a hunger today, a hunger to pursue him with all that you have, a hunger to read his word and to be with him and commune with him in prayer. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna make an opportunity for anybody who's in either of those places. I'm not gonna call you up. There's no weirdness that's about to take place, but can I tell you that God is watching you while, while no one in this room is God is. And what he wants more than anything is an outward expression of an inward commitment. If today you find yourself in that place where you say, God, I wanna give my life to you. I don't wanna live my own way anymore. I wanna do things your way. Father, I thank you for dying for me, that my sins will be forgiven and I can come into the court with boldness. If you've never accepted Jesus in your life, I want today to be that day. And if you could just before God, raise your hand and say, God, that's me. I'm giving my life to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, I thank you, Father. And if the rest of this day, I wanna just say this, Father, I love you. I thank you so much for all that you're doing in this house. Father, I pray right now that you would continue to stir up the people in this house to pursue you deeper, to be hungry for your presence. Father, your word says that better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And Father, we wanna pursue you every day like that. God, honor the commitments today. Father, honor the pursuit today. We love you, Jesus.